The blind stares of a million pairs of eyes Looking hard but won't realize That they will never see the pee Oh man Oh man Um, 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 man! Yes, sir, we are back. It's all eyes on Cleveland. I'm your host, Brad Ward. Tonight, excited to bring you another edition of the show. The Browns are 5-2, sitting pretty. As they look to take on the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday, a chance to put themselves in perfect position for a playoff run as we look ahead to the bye week and beyond tonight with special guest Jeff Resden, managing editor at USA Today Sports Media Group's The Browns Wire, The Lions Wire. He writes for Real GM and he's a co-host at ESPN 961 Grand Rapids, Michigan. He'll be joining us here shortly. Mikey's on the ones and twos. We're excited. Couldn't be more thrilled. Talk all about it. Uh, OBJ's injury, Baker's performance, the defense. Oh, my goodness, the defense. There's much to discuss tonight here on All Eyes on Cleveland. Glad you could be with us. You start getting excited. Yes, we are back in full effect tonight, all eyes on Cleveland. You can catch all of our episodes where all popular podcasts are found, including iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn app, Radio.com, and Google Play will be published at alleyesoncleveland.com. That's the website. It's chic, it's sleek, it's... Dark, nice, cool, easy to use on uh, your mobile device or on your laptop or PC. You can do it uh, however you want. Uh, but when you go there, you know, uh, check out all the episodes. There's some pictures. There's an update on the podcast versus podcast league. Talk a little bit about that here. Uh, all kinds of stuff on the site there. Go check it out. But when you're there, leave us a review. If you hate us, great. Tell us why you hate us and why you hate the show and what you'd like to hear better and if you love us even better. But uh, reviews uh, just help and they and they you know we just want to do the best job we can. Mikey nodding his head in agreement. Uh, go ahead and kill that, Mikey. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mikey on the ones and twos tonight doing his thing as usual. Um, we are a podcast that interviews the top personalities in the Cleveland sports landscape, discussing the pressing issues that face our favorite football team, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we'll be talking um, tonight with the one, the only, Jeff Risden. In a matter of moments, we're working that interview in real time right now. So uh, trying to pull that one off 
uh, tonight, if we can. We're sponsored by Thrive Fantasy app. Uh, Thrive Fantasy app is prop bets. No lineups. No uh, no having to go up against the pros. 150 iterations of lineups by hitting an optimizer with one button and not having a chance to win. The uh, Thrive Fantasy app allows you to pick the prop bets that you want. Uh, so they'll give you like 15 of them, say, on an NFL slate, and you pick the 10 that you want to pick, uh, the over, the under, the uh, whatever you want uh, on that prop bet, and uh, you get points for each one you get right, and uh, you can win cold, hard cash that way. Use the promo code EYES, E-Y-E-Z, as in all eyes on Cleveland, when you sign up today. And you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Seriously, check it out. It's pretty awesome, actually. I've uh, in- endeavored in it myself uh, and uh, enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. It's a... Uh, very cool. So what we want to do tonight, obviously, we've got a massive victory to discuss uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Lots of developments. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. out for the season. What does that mean for the team? Uh, Baker's, you know, legendary performance after going 0 for 5, uh, offensive AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, they've got the Raiders coming to town here before bye week. The Browns are two and a half point favorites. The Raiders have beat the Saints, the Panthers, the Chiefs. Very good wins. Uh, they're three and three. It's a really good matchup, uh, of two teams that will be vying for those wild card playoff spots, uh, facing off against each other. Tiebreaker on the line. Playoff spot potentially on the line. If the Browns could get to six and two, they would be sitting very, very well um, looking at the playoff picture. I mean, you're looking at the Colts, Vegas. I mean, the Dolphins are going to Tua. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's just going to be interesting how it shakes out. But if you lock up five playoff spots, right, right, five, uh, all division winners and say, let's say Baltimore and the Steelers, right? Uh, that's five playoff spots. That leaves two more. And you have like three teams, four teams, maybe vying for two spots. And out of those teams, the Browns by far have the best record at this point. Already beat the Colts. They would have the tiebreaker over them. Uh, this would be another huge win as far as that goes over Las Vegas, let alone taking them all the way down to three and four, uh, with the Browns at six and two, multiple games ahead. The see, the, uh, actual schedule for the Browns does get a little bit easier as we look at the back half. Um, and, uh, I mean, you get to go to the Meadowlands twice in a row, Jets, Giants, uh, there's some wins on the schedule there that you should get for sure. Uh, so let me check in here with Mikey. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to cover all that. And then when we um, get back from the interview with Jeff Risden, obviously we want to take a look at uh, the trade block and the trade deadline. I've got a list here of tons of wide receivers that I have – 
worked my way through. Uh, we'll go over the trades that have already happened. We'll take a look at um, who else is on the block besides wide receivers, so mainly secondary pieces uh, and anybody else that you could potentially look at. Uh, the one that I didn't look at and I probably should have looked at a little more uh, deeply is pass rush help. Um, my eyes did kind of uh, perk up when I saw Everson Griffin come up, um, but he has already been scooped up by, let's see, um, make sure we got this right here. Yeah, so the Lions traded a conditional sixth for Everson Griffin. Browns uh, efforted Griffin uh, prior to uh, the season. Also had interest in Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, he's going to the Ravens for a 21 third round pick and a conditional fifth. So a third and a fifth for Yannick Ngakwe. Um, the Jets traded uh, uh, Jordan Willis and a seventh round pick to the, the San Francisco 49ers um, for a uh, 22 sixth round pick. Um, and Tampa Bay trades a sixth round uh, pick next year for uh, Steve defensive tackle Steve McClendon um, of the New York Jets and a seventh they threw in a seventh round pick to the Jets did uh, in 2023 that's, that's uh, the Jets are just you know I don't think there, there's nobody on that roster that I don't think is available at this point. There's a couple teams like that, really, but the Jets are just, it's just really bad uh, over there right now. Uh, we also can look at here real quickly before we get into the interview, we always look at Bleacher Report's uh, power rankings. The Browns come in at 13 after their win over uh, the Bengals, and I got a lot of problems with you people ever bleach your report on this one, because how are you going to put the Colts at 12 and the Browns at 13? Explain that to me. Explain that to me. That's, as uh, Zagur and Bishop would say, that definitely uh, needs to be, or is inverted there. Uh, the Colts lost to the Browns, should definitely be 13. They've got the Bears at 14, the Dolphins at 15, uh, if we work our way down, Colts at 12, that's erroneous on multiple levels. Uh, the Rams at 11, Bills at 10, Cardinals at 9, New Orleans at 8, Tennessee at 7. Why are the Cardinals at 9? Wouldn't you think the Cardinals would be higher than, I, I don't know, wouldn't they be above New Orleans maybe? I don't know, Tennessee at 7, that's fine, I guess. All these teams are in this area right here. Tampa Bay, 6, you can make a case for most. Seattle, 5, Baltimore, 4, Green Bay, 3, KC, 2, and as everybody and their brother has at number 1, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number 1 on uh, almost every single power ranking that I have seen out. I mean, it's crazy. So, And, and that's well-deserved at this point. And they get the Baltimore Ravens this weekend, uh, as that will be a definite uh, uh, keep-your-eye-on-that-game for sure. Uh, Interdivision rivalry. And, uh, you know, it's good either way. It throws a loss on, on one of those teams. Uh, 
maybe a tie. I guess a tie would probably be worst case scenario. The way that the ties are labeled as good things now, I don't. I guess they say that it gives you an advantage in the. I guess it really depends on the situation, but um, I guess a tie would be bad. We, we want somebody to take we want somebody to take an L in that game for sure. Um, so yeah, that's Pittsburgh and uh, that's Baltimore. Uh, so number one and four in the power rankings playing each other there. That's that's the power rankings from Bleacher Report. We check those out every now and again. See where the Browns are at. One point they had breached the top ten this year um, and uh, had fallen back. After the loss to Pittsburgh, they jumped back up uh, just a spot or two. I think at one spot, maybe the 13 here should have been two. I don't know how you can put the Colts over them with, I mean, that just makes no sense at all. Uh, so it's John Gruden and the Raiders. Uh, we've got Game React here with Jeff Risden. Do we have him, Mikey, is the ultimate question here as we look at the uh, clock. Do we have uh, Mr. Risden? It appears that we do. So uh, if we can go ahead and get him on the line, we will get the interview started for you. Now you're listening to All Eyes on Cleveland uh, with uh, myself, Brad Ward, your host, and bringing in guest Jeff Risden, uh, managing editor uh, USA Today Sports Media Groups, The Browns Wire, The Lions Wire. He writes for Real GM, and uh, he is co-host of ESPN 961 in Grand Rapids. Um, he fills in for the drive time uh, as a drive time co-host at times and also hosts uh, before the pregame show uh, on uh, Sunday mornings. So uh, that's Jeff Risen. He is... One of the busiest, busiest mans in the business, and my boss, and uh, truly always a pleasure to have on the show. And we've got him right now, so let's bring him on. And we have him on the line now. Thrilled to have him back on All Eyes on Cleveland. Jeff Risden, managing editor at USA Today Sports Media Groups, The Browns Wire, The Lions Wire, writer at Real GM, and co-host at 961 Grand Rapids, uh, your drive time fill-in and Sunday pregame uh, host, correct, sir? That, that is correct. You got it. You nailed it. Perfect. Uh <laughs> I should have enough practice by now. So uh, with uh, your intro, that's perfect. All right. So uh, glad to have you on tonight, Jeff. Much to discuss. A massive win for the Browns, uh, obviously, uh, over the Bengals. Uh, it was uh, a shootout, uh, and uh, there's lots of angles to that, uh, but also the uh, loss of uh, Odell Beckham Jr., and we'll get to that as well. But let's start with the one and only Baker Mayfield, AFC Offensive Player of the Week, 22 of 28, 297 yards, five touchdowns, uh, 37 points. For This is straight from your article, 37 points on 52 plays, uh, 78.6%. Completion ratio with a 135.6 passer rating. Wow. That's uh, quite a way to uh, answer your critics after he was drugged through the media and beaten relentlessly last week uh, by national media and everybody that wanted a shot at him got it uh, all week long last week. Quite a response, huh? 
It really was, and and it was even a great response after the first quarter. You know, I wrote a piece at the end of the first quarter Uh-oh. when he was 0 for 5 and the team was getting <laughs> stomped, and I'm like, this, you know, fortunately I didn't put all the blame on him because there was a lot of other things that were going wrong, oh, too. Man. Uh, they woke up, and it was great to see Baker dialed in and having fun and being in command of, of Kevin Stefanski's offense. That the, the one that really got me, the second touchdown pass to Harrison Bryant, that's a throw that Baker hasn't made this year yet. And to see him nail that and sizzle that ball into that tight window, yep. perfect throw, perfect read, perfect decision, that's uh, that's really encouraging going forward. It, it was beautiful, too. And I, I love the um, – there's that angle, too, from, like, his point of view. And it opens right up, and he, you just see – you don't even see where he's throwing it. And he just, just fired it in there. He slides in there and catches a beautiful throw. Um, he was ripping, he was ripping it around the field there for a while and, uh, throwing passes that, that we've seen him hesitate on and not throw and, and miss wildly. I was really concerned, really, not even the interception concerned me as much as the throw to when he started out 0 for 5. But you'll probably know what I'm talking about. The throw to Bryant where he throws it over his head and he got happy feet. He kind of was yes. – he, he started moving his feet and he looked really bad and, and, and disheveled and lost on that play and he threw it over his head out of bounds. And I'm like, holy cow, is this thing just unraveling right before our eyes, you know? And then <laughs> – People have their Keith Keenum tweets ready. <laughs> right. Seriously, perfection from there, right? Perfection uh, the rest of the way. Um incredible stuff now you know a lot of this uh you know coming on the you know the uh odell beckham jr injury on that throw um you know baker expressed his uh thoughts about that uh we'll get into his missing here a little bit more because i think that plays could play a factor into some of this and we'll talk about that but what i mean you can't just like flip a switch and all of a sudden like so like he's been he's been ridiculed for not being able to read a defense. He can't get off one side of the field, right? And, and it in and we've seen it too. If you watch it, you, we've seen that. Um, you know, he's lo- too locked in on to uh, Odell, or he's too locked in onto this or that. He's not getting through his progressions. The answers are on the field. He's not finding the answer. But he found the answers on Sunday, and he did get through some of those progressions. We saw him learn from a mistake early in the game and, and get through his progressions and find the right guy later in the game. And that stuff is stuff we haven't seen in the past weeks. Where does that come from all of a sudden? Is that just confidence? All you know, I mean, like, how is that? How do you explain that? And I, I think some of it has to be a credit to the Cincinnati defense. They were not good. And, yeah. and and that has to matter. I mean, you come off a of play in Pittsburgh's really, really good. They're the best team in football right now. Yes. Uh, I, I hate to say that, but they're, they're, they're great, man. They're really, really good. They really uh, are. Th- that's not easy. They have made other quarterbacks who have a better pedigree than, than Baker look terrible. Uh, they're playing Lamar Jackson this weekend. I think they're going to make him look terrible. That's, that's, that's Pittsburgh. Um, wouldn't it have been great if Baker did this against them? Yes, but he didn't. But the fact that he bounced back, and, and even with the slow start, that he was able to get it going, I know it's Cincinnati. I know they're not good. They just traded Carlos Dunlap because he, he basically put his house up for sale at halftime. Yeah. But it, it, it's still an NFL defense. They do have some players back there 
Actually, their secondary isn't half bad. You know, Jesse Bates can play. Yeah. Darius Phillips, can, the guy who made the interception, can play a little bit. They get, they get, they're not devoid of talent. And uh, just the command that he had, it, it seemed like, it seemed like he realized, oh my God, what did I do on that first throw? You know, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the reason why we're not winning this game. I got to play better. Uh, and if that's the kind of pressure he needs, you know, it's funny. You, you have those those Heisman House commercials where where Woodson is barking at him, and he can't he can't even open the door unless he's bit, getting yelled at. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there's like some some subtle truth to that, some reality he, to he, it. He, yeah, that he needed to have some some little pressure. You know, like maybe maybe he's at his best when his back is really up against the wall because it was. He he he'd been playing poorly, and he was the reason why the team was not winning. Uh, he wasn't the only reason, but he was the primary reason, and then he became the primary reason why they won. Uh, that's I, I don't know if he can explain it. I, I, I think he sort of tried, but didn't, it didn't really come across in his post game press conference. And and since then, he's been sort of you know other than his little you know Rough Riders anthem thing, he has he's been pretty quiet. <laughs> so it's yeah. Uh, that was kind of strange. I thought at the moment. Uh, yes, but. Um, it, it was very weird. That that took me way back, and I was I was you know. As you know, I'm a, I'm a heavy metal enthusiast. I I was yeah. surprised that I actually knew that song. So yeah, uh, that, that was uh, yeah. That, that, that's just sort of where Baker is, though. You know, when, when he when he's comfortable, he's he's a little out there. Eccentric is probably yes. the best word for it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and it, it came off in the in the post game, and you know, a lot of a lot of his teammates really appreciate that about him. And the fact that he was able to to get it done was you know it's better than not getting it done. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, it, I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, you know, you could say the Bengals defense or whatever. I, I, anytime you do that to an NFL team, it was remarkable. And his accuracy came back. Uh, you know, I've been complaining about ball placement all year, but he was just on the money. And a lot, like, even that last throw, I just, like, wonder, like, right, that last throw to win the game. Like, I don't even know if he throws that in prior weeks. You know what I mean? Like, it, like yeah, that is exactly. a risky, a, risky throw. throw. A, yeah, and it had a high degree of difficulty, and there was a chance that if it was covered, and it was, it wasn't poorly covered. No, so if, he, if, no. He, if he hangs that ball up, or if it's you know is is a little bit short or back shoulder or something, that's the end of the football game. But he, he put it where only DPJ could go get it. Yeah, give the rookie credit; he made a fantastic catch. He pushed off without getting called for it because he was really subtle about it. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, and that's, uh, I mean, that, that that got me out of my chair, man. I, I, oh, I left. me too. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pandemonium sure was here. Yeah, it was pandemonium here too. Uh, I'm sure uh, you had a lot going on there, right, at that time of the day yeah, uh, yeah, with the so, Lions. Yeah, so I also covered the Lions, and I, I am a Lions fan, and uh, they won on the last play of the game uh, just before that, actually. So, uh, so that was, uh, it was it was a crazy five minutes here at the Riston House. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It's followed by exhaustion, I bet. Those games are exhausting. Yeah. So they wear on my heart for sure. Um, but that one did uh, definitely. And so let's go back now to a little bit about Odell Beckham Jr. Because I think there's some oversimplification going on here. Like you'll hear... Um, and I, and I love the, uh, like Zagura and Bishop and Brownsdale and everything. And, and they, and Zagura has been on the show and everything, but Bo Bishop is very adamant in that, you know, 
if you say that this is that you know they're better or Baker is somehow better without Odell Beckham Jr., then you don't know football. Well, that's just an oversimplification of the whole thing, right? Like, okay, I get it. They're not a better team without Odell Beckham Jr. That's impossible to say, right? His athleticism and the kind of player he is makes him, you know, a, a better. T- they're a better team. You know, they have to game plan for him. He can make special plays at all times, but. I think there's layers to this, too. Uh, if you look at Baker Mayfield in uh, the way that he played afterwards and the way that he played before him, there may be some truth to that, hey, I don't have to look his way and worry about getting him touches, or e- even though they're double-teaming him. Uh, I don't have to worry about making sure that he's happy. I can just go throw to the open guy. I think there is some truth to that. Do you believe that, or is that just crazy? No, I, I, I think that's that's certainly part of it. I, li- I like the way that you framed it, because there are layers to it. There there are... it. it my my take on it is basically it, it's it's a different offense without Odell in it because he can do things that nobody else can do. He, he because he is such a phenomenal catcher of the football, you know, with the one hand and, and you know the ability to to have the body control to make catches that other guys can't. It sort of lets Baker off the hook a little bit in that you know he doesn't have to be perfectly accurate. Right um, when you're throwing a ball to, to Hollywood Higgins, you, you've got to have that that level of accuracy, and I think. I don't know if that's something that's in Baker's mind or if it's subconscious, but I wouldn't say that that's not there. Uh, is it? Are they better with Baker with with Odell on the field? Yeah, I think they are. Mm-hmm. I think we saw in the Dallas game that he can he opens up a dimension that others don't do. His ability to run after the catch, his ability to create space for himself, even when he's not the intended receiver. And when he's out there, he commands attention from the defense. He, you're putting a safety over the top if your cornerback can't run. Yep. You know, he, he does impact the game that way. He's a very good blocker, which is something that he didn't get credit for in New York and has done a really good job at in Cleveland. He's a great run blocker. They're going to miss that. Now they're getting Kadero Hodge back, hopefully hopefully this week. He's he's an elite blocker, so maybe that'll, that'll mitigate that, but... I don't think they're better. I do think that they're going to be different. And the difference is is that they're going to run more of the Kevin Stefanski style of offense with the two tight ends. You saw yes. it. And once he went out, you saw that David Njoku got a lot more snaps. Um, Harrison Bryant obviously started because Hooper was out. But Stefan Carlson, I think he got nine snaps. Um, you know, they, they went more... They they relied more on what Stefanski's offense was more like in in Minnesota when he didn't have a, a real number one receiver, but he had sort of the co number ones with Diggs and Thielen, um, and using using Hollywood and Landry and th- and then DPJ coming in, the ability to spray the ball around and make that open read like you were talking about. You know, he, it doesn't matter if if it's Beckham that's out there. That's the open read it, because if he's covered, you know I'm going to go somewhere else. And you didn't have to worry about that. That that's the way that offense is designed. Find your mismatch, find your open player, find your advantage, and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if there's no need, I w- I'm not saying that Odell Beckham is needy. Um, I, I, I I've seen quite the contrary actually. He seems to be pretty darn happy when other guys make plays. Yeah, uh, just judging on the reaction. But if there's something about Baker, it's like you know what I haven't thrown the ball over there, um, and and Odell's 
and, and, and this will this will sound poorer than I intended to, but Odell is the kind of guy who's like, if he hasn't gotten a ball in a quarter and he's open, he's going to let you know about it. That's and, and that's that's not a criticism. That's that's kind of you know you kind of want that. Yeah, uh, DeAndre Hopkins was like that in Houston. Yeah, um, when, when uh, especially before <laughs> before Deshaun got there, you know he'd be like, hey man, <laughs> hey Brock, look my way. Yeah, you know, this things like that. Great, great players want that responsibility. They want that attention, and Odell sees himself in that light, and I don't blame him. Uh, and that maybe there is a little bit less pressure on it, but you're right. I do think it's an oversimplification to say that they're going to be better without him. They are going to be different. That difference probably winds up being more efficient if a little less explosive and dynamic, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just, I I wonder if it, you know, overall it's, it's certainly, I think it can help Baker a little bit. Uh, obviously it'll hurt him at times, but, um, if he plays the way that he did or even in anywhere close to the way that he did after Obadell left the game, then that's a, a positive, not an overall positive. I never want to, because it's not by in no way, shape or form is it Odell Beckham's fault that Baker felt that pressure, right? Like, so correct. Like, yes. like, so I don't want to, it sounds bad that way. It's like, Oh, like he's putting that pressure yeah, on no, him. We're, it's, we're, we're, it's just that's yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. He's just he's just bigger than life, right? He's bigger than the team. He's bigger than everything. He's an, he's just a, a a pressure when he walks into the room, right? Like right. It, he changes the room. He changes the field when he walks onto the field, right? For a defense, for the quarterback, for everybody. That's the kind of player he is. So when yeah. it's been two series and you have he hasn't touched the ball is baker thinking about that probably he is a little bit and does that change the way he plays the game and has it hurt him at times i can i would imagine probably so at times but yeah, uh, he's also yeah. made terrific plays too to help the team so it, there's a give and take there We'll see what they come out with. I agree totally. We're going to see a shift towards the tight end room, definitely. Uh, for Kevin Stefanski, it changes the way he calls plays, too, because no longer do you have to say, hey, I really I got to make sure that he gets touches early. Let's get some easy stuff for Odell early just to get him involved, right? Um, I don't think you have to do that anymore, right? Uh, I think you can just yeah. call, the, call the game. So it changes a lot of facets of the way the offense is probably going to look. For better, for worse, that's what it is, right? Yeah, and so I'm actually thinking about this because I, I, I had, we've had this conversation in Detroit about Matthew Stafford with and without Calvin Johnson. Uh, Interesting. Because he, he, I don't want to say that that Stafford was better without Calvin Johnson because Johnson was an absolute freak, but the uh, the the offense and the way that they ran it. He wound up being more efficient by getting the ball. You know, they had Golden Tate um, and they had uh, uh, Marvin Joseph just come there for that last year. You know, and and it wound up working where the offense worked better, even though they didn't have Calvin out there. And and obviously, Calvin's he's going to the Hall of Fame soon, <laughs> and deservingly so, and was just a physical freak of nature. But there were, like with Odell, there's certain. I don't know, like requisites. Like you're not going to go more than three drives without throwing Calvin Johnson the football. You're just not, and that's that. Once once that 
again, calling it a burden is the wrong word, but I can't think of a better one. But like that obligation, yeah, yeah. That, that 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 feeling that you need to do it, when that's gone, it freed up a lot of other guys to raise their games. And you know what? They did it. And mm-hmm. that's uh, that's something that I think you saw with DPJ, with, with Hollywood getting more involved. Um, it, it's obvious that Baker likes throwing the football to him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, um, there, there's so much more value for, for Hollywood in, in the role that he's in now than there would be anywhere else for him. So I'm glad that they, I'm glad that he's worked his way back and glad they didn't completely give up on him. Uh, and, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to work differently. And, and like, like I said, I do think the, the offense is less dynamic now. They don't have that big play guy anymore. And, and you need that sometimes. You certainly needed it against Dallas. Yeah, um, even as bad as their defense is, and how much they've thrown the towel now, you know they don't win that game without Odell being Odell. And there, there will be other instances this season where they will need or they will miss his game breaking ability because you know I love Juice. I, he, I, he's a phenomenal player. The more that I watch him, the more I like him. Uh, but but he's not capable of doing things that Odell is. Few people are. And right. uh, when they need that, that's when they're going to miss Odell. And then people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, now they miss Odell. And I don't want to see people go in that, that opposite direction. Like, oh, well, my God, they, can, they can't win without him when they're they're talking the opposite right now. that That's frustrating to me, and I hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah. So it, it, it's a weird reaction to an injury like that, right? Uh, so, um Oh, I mean, so, so uh, Odell's polarizing, Baker's polarizing. Yeah. The two of them have not worked as well as they've wanted to um, from a fantasy football perspective, and I know a lot of people put a lot more stock into fantasy football than they should. I don't. I don't give a crap. Um, <laughs> it, it's nice to play. It's fun. Um, I, I actually let my – I'm in a, I'm in a league with some, some people that I used to play volleyball with. They're like, oh, we can beat the football guy at fantasy, you know, to, just to, to juice them up. But there's – like – much more of the disappoint that the, the sentiment that Odell is a disappointment in Cleveland comes from the fantasy football side yes. rather than the reality football side. No doubt, and I think those people sometimes get too loud of a voice, and I think that they factored into this quickly because they're they're instantly on it. Like, oh, what do we do now? You know, and and the fact that Baker reacted so positively without him, I think. I think that did lead to an overreaction. It's going to be different going forward without him. I don't think that that different is necessarily better. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's tragic. But it's going to be different. It's going to require other guys to play better. They did Sunday. Let's hope that they continue to do that. Yeah, um, certainly. And, and that kind of leads me to my next question. You are listening to All Eyes on Cleveland. Special guest Jeff Risden, managing editor of the Browns Wire, the Lions Wire, and writer at Real GM. Um Jeff, how do they go about, do they attempt to replace Odell Beckham Jr.? And then let's look at his long term for a second. So in the in the short term, do you think that they try to replace him with a receiver here going trade, trade deadline? Because I did my homework on the trade deadline, and after you're off today, I'm going to go through the entire list of guys and everything here on the show. It's a long list of receivers that are available out there, potentially. Yeah, uh, and I think they'll at least look. I don't think that they're going to be aggressive in going for it. Look, they they have to like what they saw from from Donovan, Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, the fact that he caught the game winning touchdown, the fact that he was involved um, and looked dialed in, he blocked really well. 
you know that that was something that I think they had a little bit of trepidation about. They do have other guys who can handle the return job. You know, Kadero Hodge is coming back. He's he's certainly not an explosive receiver, but he gets the job done. He, mm-hmm. He's 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 a capable guy. You know, I I personally would love to. The guy that my dream would be Golden Tate. Golden Tate is a phenomenal runner after the catch. I put him in a Stefanski offense. Oh my goodness, it's going to be beautiful. Now he comes. I mean, he's he's in his thirties. He's not the easiest fellow to get along with, to be a yeah. teammate with. Yeah. Uh, there, there's some trappings there too. Uh, but I, I, for, personally, for me, I would like to see the, the the poetic justice of a guy who replaced Odell in New York, replacing him in Cleveland too. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that'd be fun for me. But I, I I understand that they they probably won't do that, but. You know, Will Fuller is going to be out there. He's going yeah. to cost something. Uh, he's an interesting one because I, I've watched his career arc grow with the Texans. Uh, he's learned how to catch the ball. When he stays healthy, he's a really dynamic receiver that I think could do some interesting things with Baker. But at the same time, you know, the, the, there's a lot. He's forever fragile with his hamstrings and his ego, and I'm, I'm not sure that that's necessarily something that you want. Look, anybody who's going to be available has some warts to them. Yeah, and I, I think that you know everybody's looking at it right now, um, like, oh yeah, we can we can go get this and and that and and I presented some of those ideas at Browns Wire, and, and I I wouldn't put them out there if I didn't think that there was at least some viability to them, but I don't I do think that they're going to try to make this work internally. Um, this this is a big week because the the trade deadline is next week. They have one week to do this. If if it's obvious that you know okay well they only it only worked for one week and it's not going to work you know because they're playing the Raiders and then they you know they get the buy they get a chance to assimilate a new guy in you know I, I think that's some convenient timing um, but if it doesn't work this weekend that they can make a, a trade and go out and get a guy I don't think they're going to get a superstar you know I don't I don't think Tate and and Fuller are both probably too high end quite honestly but uh, if there's other guys out there you know there's there's talk of the Adam Thielen. Um, everybody that I've talked to in Minnesota has completely shat upon that. It's like, this is, you know, it it ain't real. (laughs) Like his career starts and ends in Minnesota is the feeling you get there, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I uh, I heard what there was Marvin Jones was mentioned. I wanted to ask you about him because he's a lion right now, I believe. Yeah, he is. I I heard his uh, name. He's he's interesting. So he he is... He's 30 years old. He has had two consecutive season-ending knee injuries. They happen right at the end of the year, so people don't really think about it. But it really shows this year. Look, I love Marvin Jones as a human being. He's an awesome, awesome dude. He's a great teammate. He's a tenacious leader. He's still somewhat effective, but he gets the lowest average separation per route of any receiver in the league. And when you watch the Lions games, you're like, how does he even get the one point two yards of separation? Because the guy is on his hip the whole time. Yeah, it, it can work with Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford will, it, you know, he, he can knock your mailbox off a post from fifty yeah. yards away. Baker can't do that, so I don't, I don't think he's necessarily a good fit. And also, the Lions just bought they they got Everson Griffin out of Dallas for a sixth round pick. They're three yeah. and three. They're feeling pretty good. They they actually have a, a pretty clear path on their schedule to at least threaten for an NFC wildcard berth. So I don't think that they're going to give up on him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, he, he got a lot of a run early as being a trade candidate when, when the lions were one and three and it looked like they were going to blow it all up. But uh, they, since they're by, they've played 
well for for Detroit, and uh, I think they're going to keep that band together. I almost want to go, and, and then this is kind of where I look at Donovan Peoples-Jones. I almost want to say, if you're going to do anything, right, I don't think it needs to be a marquee name or anything like that, but I think you could add, like, a deep threat or just somebody that poses that threat that you can put them on the field and they're going to say, hey, that you know, we got to respect the deep ball when he's on the field, right? Uh, a John Ross, a D.D. Westbrook, uh, somebody with a lot of speed, somebody that threatens that deep ball, right? So yeah. um, not that those guys are specifically who I'm talking about, but somebody like that. But then you say, hey, maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones can fill that role. I would hope so. Uh, that he. So we'll go back to, to I've watched him a lot at Michigan. Uh, there were times at Michigan where you thought, oh, my God, this guy's a first-round pick. And there were times where, like, oh, I see why he's going in the sixth round. Right. They got the first-rounder this week. If he can do it two weeks in a row, I'd be very encouraged about it. Because uh, with the deep threat, you know this, Brad. You don't necessarily have to throw him more than, like, once or twice a game just to exactly. prove that you can. Yeah. But the fact that he's out there, that does impact the coverage. That's going to make it easier for Hollywood on those crossers. That's going to give Harrison Bryant a little bit more space when he runs those eight-yard outs uh, and, and combination routes. Uh, so if, if he's capable of doing that and impacting the defense that way, they don't necessarily need to get a guy better than that. And then they'll have to get some. One of the things that Stefanski, he's never said it, but I know this to be true from Minnesota, they do not want a wide receiver who plays a lot to also be their return specialist. So they would have to get somebody else back there, whether it's Dearness, whether it's Dontrell Hilliard, whether it's somebody else. They're going to have to find somebody to do that role, but that, given how few kickoffs and punt return options there are, that's probably not a big deal. Yeah, I I thought the same thing, and they asked Stefanski that today, and he said no to the question. Like, if DPJ would get switched out, he was like, I don't think so. So I, I was surprised that he answered it that way. I thought for sure that Hilliard would probably move back there or something. And, and that may still happen here in the coming weeks. they got a bye week to make a lot of changes if they want to um, coming up. But, yeah, like, you know, one of the things that Odell Beckham Jr. does and, and – because his production wasn't, you know, amazing here with the Browns by far, you know, wasn't really great even uh, production-wise. But he, one thing he did is change the way that people defend them. You know, I'm sure it helps the run game. It helps the pass game. Just his presence on the field. So that will be missed, surely, um, and uh, that threat. So you wonder, you want to be able to put somebody out there that, that can provide that threat. Like you said, I mean, you don't even have to go there, maybe even but once a game or, or whatever. But uh, just somebody that, that uh, will make you respect that. Uh, part of the game, sort of, is kind of what I was thinking there. So we'll yeah. see what they do with that because uh, they need uh, help on the other side of the ball, surely. So let's let's go over there. Holy crap, the defense! What do we? Where do we start here? <laughs> uh, so oh I, boy, let's 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 start with everybody except Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward and yes, and Woody yeah, Mitchell. Yeah, they they're all pretty bad. I'll, I'll give BJ Goodson some love. He's played better. Uh, and he looks like a viable starting NFL linebacker, but the rest of that defense, oh, oh my man. Gosh. 
and, and wow. last week especially. <laughs> oh my gosh! So uh, incredible play, Denzel Ward. I'm sure you've seen it by now, where he oh, yeah. slides underneath the guy to make the tackle. Incredible, uh, Garrett. Obviously putting up incredible numbers. I went through your snap counts article that you put up here. I have some questions that are from the snap counts article. Okay. Uh, Claiborne, 25 snaps. Porter Gustin, 3. Uh, Garrett, 70. Vernon, 66. What the? Or why? 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 Uh, I, I mean, what? Why is Vernon? I mean, Vernon's not getting home at all. Vernon had a terrible game. There, there's so no why way is Claiborne it. not getting more snaps? And why is Porter Gustin only getting 3? You know, that that was the one that got to me because Porter Gustin played really well in the first meeting against Cincinnati. You yeah. know, he, he, he was he was the second man in on, on the strip sack and that you know, he was the guy who hit Burrow. Uh, he he's I thought he's played pretty oh, well. He crushed he's Burrow not a good that, run yeah. defender. But but in that game you didn't need a run defender, you needed pass rush juice. You can't leave look, Miles Garrett's superhuman, but even he got tired in that game. And he's, oh, my he gosh. After the game, he's like, I, uh, you know, I, I, he was gassed. It, it was obvious at the end of the game that he played 70 snaps. You know, they they that was mishandled, I thought. I, You know, Claiborne, he wound up actually playing most of those snaps on the inside, too. Yeah, uh, strange. So Vincent Taylor got that stupid penalty early, so he wound up being out of the rotation after that. And uh, it... it I don't know. It, it was not good. You know, the, the fact what the, to double up on it, Cincinnati was missing two starting offensive linemen for most of the second half and was missing three starting offensive linemen on their final two drives. And the, the Browns still could get a lot of pressure outside of miles. That was, they that was very frustrating yeah. to watch. That was, that was, that was, that was not, not fun at all. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And they didn't punt one time. There's one punt in the game, and it was us. So, so we didn't force one yeah. punt. A great uh, one too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it is serious. This serious problem. Like, so my questions are: All right, so when watching back the game. And I've got to think that this couldn't have been the game plan. Well, maybe it was. But so they weren't getting home with four, right? Garrett got home a couple times, but they're not getting home with four. So Joe Woods clearly wanted to put pressure on Burrow. So he's going to blitz, and they blitzed a ton. But they blitzed the same guy almost every single play. They blitz Kevin Johnson almost every single play. Like, I'm, like, screaming at the TV Send somebody else, like you know, do something. Send Sandejo, different. he's yeah. worthless and exactly. Yes, yeah. send somebody else in there, and he got home a couple times. Johnson you did. Know, Kevin Johnson, but but I mean, yeah. you're sending a better cover guy in to blitz, and it's leaving people wide open. So either stop blitzing and play coverage and try to stop them. Or send somebody else, like because that wasn't working. Because Burrow was able to pick it up oh, every it time, killing, and he just threw it. There's somebody wide open every time on the hot route on every play. The coverage was so soft on the outside at times until the end when they when they finally started to press up again. I mean, where's the where's the press bail? Where's the you know? Like, where was all of that stuff? I just was so frustrated with the defense. It was like just watching them walk down the field time after time after time. Um, I, I just have a ton of questions on the strategy there. 
you know i i didn't i didn't i didn't process it very well um it was you know kevin johnson he wasn't doing great in coverage, so I understand the, the need to bliss him every now and then. But, you know, bring somebody else. Let Javier Thomas do it. Tom, that yeah. dude can finish. Yeah. You know, he, he – so when, when when he was at Ferris State, which is, you know, just not too far up the road from me, I saw him play. I saw him get two sacks in a game once upon a time. He has that ability. He's certainly not great in coverage. You know, let let him go get it. That was – you know, yeah. and, and, you know, I understand that they were shorthanded at safety, you know, with, with – uh, is Joseph still dinged? Being, is know, that what's going on there? Is Carl Joseph still he, hurt? So he is. He's he's okay. not a hundred percent, and that's hopefully he will get there. You know, and and this is a week. So they're they're playing the Raiders, and, and you know, not to jump on the preview or anything, but they throw the ball a lot. So this is this is another week where maybe getting some pressure and getting some guys to help pressure them would would be great because uh, you know the secondary. Again, Denzel's been great. Uh, money has been mostly money for most of the year, but uh, the rest of that defense has been bad. Um, Ronnie Harrison has, has been okay in in the short range coverage, but my God, if they're if they're trying to swap a cover assignment between Taki Taki and Sendejo again, <sighs> I, I'm going to lose him. <laughs> that that can't know. happen. I know you got to know that that's not going to work. You got to know that. It uh, it was very very difficult to watch, and um, uh, I think they've got to. So I mean, so basically, do you say basically this week? Do you just change your your whole approach? Say scratch it. It's it's another week. You know, game plan for for the Raiders, uh, like who you said are gonna throw the ball a lot. Um, you know. They're playing so much zone. It's real soft. Burrow picked it apart. I, I have a hard time believing that that their you know car won't be able to pick it apart if they do the same thing. So, what do you change? Do you do wholesale changes here? Do you? Uh, I mean, with a bye week right after it, probably not. Uh, I mean, Sendejo is so bad. He helped you win the game on that play. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, he, if he makes that tackle they on the one, they lose the game. So thank goodness he was slower uh, than anybody else on the field. Oh, my um, God, yes. Uh, and then uh, – Hey, hey give, give Sheldrick Redwine credit. On that final play, he read that they were going to try to tip that ball, and he stayed home. Give, 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 give Sheldrick some credit on that. That was a smart, savvy play from a second-year player, and it won them the game. Yeah, definitely. Definitely did. Um, and, and then they, you know – so, they, do they make a ton of changes here, and uh, it, you know, and chalk that up to game environment because it is that type of game environment where nobody was stopping anybody. And let's be honest, there are. And this point was made today. I heard somebody make this point. Uh, maybe Albert Breer, but like, hey man, there's only a few teams playing defense this year in the NFL. Like legit. Like there's a lot of defenses like the Browns. Don't feel bad. Like Seattle's is very similar, right? Like a lot of teams are just giving up yardage and winning, trying to win shootouts. I mean. Yeah, so Seattle is on pace to give up more yards than any team in NFL history. And right. oh, by the way, they have one loss. Yes. I mean, so, and they're like a real legit Super Bowl team, like a uh, potential team. Absolutely. And they have they one of the oh, worst yeah, they are. defenses ever. So, I mean, how, you know, how do you try to shape this? Where do you go from here with the defense? Um, I mean, certainly the bright spots – 
were uh, you do have a couple bright spots. You have you know Garrett. You have Ward, like we mentioned, and, and I think you can throw uh, uh, his name is escaping Harrison in there too as a bright spot. Yeah, he's done all he, right. And, he and thought he Shel- played a pretty good game. Yeah, Sheldon Richardson has played well early. He's sort of fallen off. I think the bye will probably do his veteran legs some some good. Yes, you know the, it's a it's a case of survive this week. Get everybody rested. Get them back. You know, hopefully by that point you got some some more guys healthy. Um, Jacob Phillips can probably get back by then, which would be nice. And then uh, then you're then you're at least at full speed. You know, again, th- this is not a defense. It's a it's a defense that's designed to win by by having Miles Garrett be phenomenal and guys reacting off of that. And Miles has done his part, and the other guys have sometimes, but not all the time. Uh, it would be nice if. It would be God. It would be great if if uh, if Adrian Claiborne got like one and a half sacks in a game. Yeah. Olivier Vernon got a sack and a tackle for loss and a strip sack, or something like that. I I, I think anything. We, we as Browns fans, it would be nice to see just some validation that Olivier Vernon cannot go. What do you play? Was it sixty-eight snaps or something like 66 that? Sixty-six out of seventy-five snaps. And he got and do one, nothing. One quarterback pressure on yep. 66 snaps. That's unacceptable for a guy even making half of what he's making. That can't happen. And that's, you know, uh, I will in general defend Olivier Vernon from the fans that you don't come after him with the pitchforks. I I can't say anything about that. Go go after him, man. He deserves the stab in the butt for that because that was, that was a wretched effort. It looked like he wasn't using his hands to try to get off blocks. That's... That's lazy football. I can't stand that. And I, I know that Kevin Stefanski isn't going to tolerate that. So hopefully we see a different Olivier out of this. But yeah, I, I think, honestly, we're going we're gonna to see them play a good Raiders offense. Um, and, and it's going to be kind of what we've seen. And then, then you get the bye. Then you get healthy. Then you get some time for the, the coaches to sit back and adjust a little bit. Like, okay, what has worked? What hasn't worked? We can really go a little bit more in-depth into this now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then we'll we'll know a lot more in in was that week ten? Yeah, yes, yep. this is week eight. It, it all blurs together. It does. <laughs> yeah, it so does. Get, just just get through just get through this week, and then come back poised on the other side, and that's where you can make some more changes. Maybe you start playing Miles inside a little bit more and let Porter Gustin get some more reps. Maybe you uh, maybe you try blitzing Mac Wilson a little bit. Maybe you. Uh, I don't know. You, you figure out that Jacob Phillips can play better than Taki Taki, which isn't saying a lot. You know, th- these are the things that they can figure out after the bye. Unfortunately, before then, there's not there's not a lot you can really do. Okay, so here's the hard questions that I feel like they have to ask themselves here with the bye and the trade deadline coming up. Like as you mentioned, almost perfectly timed for them. Um, if they did want to make a move, they have time to bring a guy in, get him, get him in the swing of things. If they want to make a move. Are they one or two players away from making a difference in the kind of team they are now to the kind of team that they could because they legitimately where they sit and if you take a you know step back and a look from you know a little farther back away you know uh, zoom out approach uh, on the NFL they're in pretty good position right now for the playoffs like they are sitting kind of pretty right now after that win. Um, especially with the opportunity to beat Las Vegas. Like, if they beat Las Vegas, they would be in a really good spot owning both tiebreakers over them and the Colts uh, going forward. Um, I think it's like seven. I think it's like and, 75% and that, and chance right now. Right there. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the competition. Those are the two teams that they're fighting for that number seven spot with. Yeah, and the Dolphins, who are now going to Tua, so, right? So there's, you know, yeah, that may I, be out the door. Them out. They're, they're three and three. You can't rule them out because they've got two free wins. Well, they, one free win against the Jets, and, and it looks like the Patriots are uh, – are yeah. going to be a much easier out than than they have been in the past. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I was just going to say the Patriots and the Chargers are the only other two two and four teams I really take seriously at that point. The Char- Chargers are interesting because Justin Herbert's playing really really good football, right? But uh, they it's a long way back. Yeah, they're, they're good at chargering. That's what they do. And they do. Yes, they do. Uh, uh, they play real conservative when they need it the most. Sometimes uh, it drives me crazy a little bit about their coach. I like their coach a lot, but he does that too much, in my opinion. But uh, that's a totally different topic for another day. This, uh, yeah, the uh, but the playoffs are real. It's real right now yes. for the Browns. So, yes, and uh, this is a huge game. But if you ask that question, Andrew Barry asked that question to himself and to the people around him. Can one or two players make a difference in if we win a playoff game, come playoff time, what kind of team we are at the end of the season? Because you only get so many opportunities and so many looks at things like this. Uh, in the NFL, you could be in the same position next year at 5-2 and two and be staring not making the playoffs in the face. It's just the way it's shaped up this year, right? Like, it's different every year. It, it's a crazy sport that way. Um, and when you get the opportunities, you want to take advantage of them. Should they go out and make a move on the defense side of the ball, A, at the pass rush or in the secondary? I would love to see them. Uh, if Minnesota is indeed fire selling, and I will we'll wonder Harris. about that for a little bit, but Anthony Harris would be phenomenal. Yeah, um, and, and he would he would be worth going after because he he's a great safety. He can play either safety spot. He's he can cover. He can make plays. He he and he's familiar with Stefanski, so they know what they're getting. If they can go get him, go get him. Uh, that that because you're right. The, you do want to take advantage of this situation because it might not be there again. You know, the, how many times has Cleveland had a legitimate shot at, at being in the playoffs right. <laughs> in the last yeah. way too long? Go. There's nothing wrong with trying to win. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, absolutely. Look at the Rams not. from a couple of years ago. The the Rams team that, that made the Super Bowl, they weren't expected to be anywhere close to that, and they wound up. You know, I'm not sure that they brought anybody big in. But they 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 kept it rolling, and they're like, you know what, we're we're gonna we're gonna ride this as far as we can, and it, they almost won a Super Bowl because yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not saying that that these Browns can do that, but you know, if you've got a chance to bring in a guy like that, uh, or um, uh, there's there's not a lot of really good safeties that are out there, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, I who do I got here? You know, uh, Justin Simmons, I like. Um, I think the Broncos could be he, selling. He's and he's a and he's a good one and he's got experience with Joe Woods, so he he would be another one. Um, and I think he's, I think he would be a rental, uh, would he not? Because the, I, I believe his contract's up at the end of the year. I could be wrong on that. He he uh, but is, he, but you could. Uh, I believe he is on a franchise tag as well. Maybe let me look here. I got to do. Yeah, it you down. could. You could. You he's know, on. You could, you he's could. on the tag, so you could do long term with him if you wanted that's, to. Yeah, that's tough though. I mean, you're. Yeah, I don't know. He's a good player. He would certainly help. I I think the back end help would be more important than the front end because uh, I, you know, the pass rush, 
for better or for worse, you're probably not going to do a lot better than Olivier Vernon on the on the free agent market. I mean, uh, or, or the the trade market. So Everson Griffin just left that, anyone that to was Detroit for a condition. Super. I was just going to bring that up. I was yeah. super envious of that move. Like I saw that move. We kicked the tires on him in the in, and then the next thing you know, yeah. he's signing with the Lions for a sixth. That's the kind of move that the Browns really need to make. Like that's not giving up very much at all for to guy pay a guy what maybe three million dollars. I think the rest of his year's contract. Uh, and then that's exactly right. That's exactly the kind of move they need. Um, that you could add at the pass rush or add in the secondary. Um, and then you also do have to bring into play that you really don't have a long-term solution unless, unless you consider Harrison a long-term solution at safety uh, next to Delp, but you don't have a long-term solution there. So you can kind of play around with that uh, if you wanted to, guys that are on the end of their deals, right? Yeah, you can. And it, you're not going to hurt anybody's feelings by benching Andrews and Teo. No, no. Like, yes, he, he has the most defensive snaps of any Brown this year. That's oh, my so gosh. It's so crazy. Um, but it's yeah. so crazy. Um, you know, so, so Dallas did get rid of Dantari Poe today. He's not an impact player, but he at least he's better than Vincent Taylor up front as your number three, four. You know, he's better than Jordan Elliott has been. Uh, Quinnen Williams you know, is a valuable. Attack. Uh, Quinnen Williams is available, supposedly the Jets. So, it, so if he's available, he's worth your first round pick, right? That guy's great, right? Uh, I, I don't think I think you could get it done with a two. I, I think they're oh, saying yeah, that he, you could get it done a, with a two. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if he's if it certainly behooves Andrew Barry to call the Jets. Uh, and and see if they really are that stupid. If they are, take advantage of it. But, uh, <laughs> there's no there's no harm in asking. Yeah, you know? their whole roster realistic. But but you if you don't ask, first rule of sales: if you don't ask, you don't get. Right. Yeah, their whole roster is on the block. I mean, they have Bradley McDougald, who's a pretty talented guy on the back end that you could look you know, at. He's not, a, he's not a bad player. Not at all. No, no. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I mean, anybody you want from the Jets is is free is is open game right now. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't think they. I mean, even Sam Darnold. I think they're ready to just you know, just you know, give it just give everybody away to go, to, the, to go back to the wide receiver thing. Jamison Crowder, yep. he's their best receiver. He'd be number four in Cleveland, but he'd be a better number four than what they've got. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he's been he's been excellent this year at times. Uh, surprisingly, he's been their most productive. He's guy, really, really good. He's really good at getting open very quickly. He doesn't stay there that long, but he's got that initial quickness to get open. Yeah. Uh, they the Browns do have a guy like that on the on the practice squad, and Ryan Switzer. Um, and I, I wonder if he's going to wind up getting the the week call up this week. That'll be, that'll be my bold prediction for this week is that they call up Ryan Switzer and let him handle some return stuff uh, as the the practice squad elevation guy. We'll see if that happens. That'd be cool. I, I'm down to see anything new that you want to try. You know what I mean? Especially this week, definitely. Um, so so that brings me to a little bit of the Raiders here to finish up, right? Uh, so. It, the Raiders are have beat the Saints, the Panthers, and the Chiefs. They have three really good wins, right? Thank against you. good teams, uh, they're a very good matchup. This is a this is actually a I think a, a sets up for to be a really good football game. You got two 
clubs, both up and coming, both with a lot of young talent on the field. It could be a really fun matchup. There's playoff spot on the line, uh, potentially. So I think it could be a really good game. Browns are two and a half point favorites at home. Uh, what do you think here? Uh, what's your What's your take on the Raiders? So the Raiders, uh, they're going to try to outscore you. Yeah, and that's that makes them dangerous because uh, we were just talking about all the issues that the that the yes. Browns have on defense. Yes, yeah, um, they're you know they can score. Um, they actually went up. I think they have the exact same scoring output that the, that the Browns do. I think they're they're dead even on that. You know they uh, they're an interesting team because like they sort of have the questions now about Carr, like like. They had the same questions about him that the Browns fans do about Mayfield when he was at that stage, and he's progressed beyond that. Yes, but th- there are still people who are convinced that all we that in Raiders land that they can't win with him. That he's and, uh, limiting them. Yes, right. Yeah, um, but they're they're very much an offensive team. They have, I believe, it's the second worst scoring defense in the league, and they are one of they are a momentum defense. Like when it's it's going good. They they build off that, but man, when, once that avalanche starts going, they give up a ton of points. They give up a ton of yards. They can't get off the field. I know. I know. At one point this year, they were thirty first in 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 third down percentage. Their red zone defense is atrocious. Uh, they give up something like eighty six percent touchdowns. It's it's bad, wow. man. So. Wow. Uh, and, and and as much as anybody wants to criticize Baker, he's always been money in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- this is this is a situation where I, I think Baker should be able to string two good games in a row together. And this is a team that you probably can outscore, but you're probably going to need to outscore. You know, it's it's, it's that mentality. Yeah. Who has the better offense in this game? Because I don't think either defense is going to do a lot more. You know, do I hope that they punt once? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's, 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 let's hope there's there's one or two forced punts, and they're not relying on Miles Garrett strip sacking and and Denzel Ward being superhuman uh, to, to get the ball back and get off the field. I that, know that, that's an oh unsustainable way to play defense. I, they're just the second half. I'm going. You know, they're just going and just gash every play. Just you know, bro, yeah. picking them apart. I yeah, mean, so Joe Bur- Joe Burrow's really, really freaking good. He is, and yes. I, uh, it's hard to dislike that guy. Maybe maybe it's because I'm an OU guy, and he, you know he's from Athens hey, or whatever. Me too, man. Me but, too. But dude, dude, he's 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 got it. He and, does. Uh, as I as I tweeted out after the game, I'm like, you know what? Y'all better get your wins in on him now because it's not going to be easy soon. Isn't that the truth, Cincinnati? Seriously. Yeah, that's uh, a long, uh, a long time of uh, having to play a really, really good quarterback. Uh, you know, the AFC yeah, North's yeah. quarterback yeah. situation is not uh, is it's a serious situation. It's a serious situation right now. Uh, with you the, got, uh, you got an MVP in Baltimore. You got yes. a, 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 he sure looks like the rookie of the year in Cincinnati. You got Big Ben still. He looks rejuvenated this year. Yes. There. Pittsburgh's offense is great. They don't have a, they don't have a long term answer, thank God. But you know, the, you know they, they will. If you call yeah. Baker the worst, yeah, you know the. If you call Baker the worst quarterback in the AFC North, a lot of people will be like, "Oh, what are you doing?" But you look around. I mean, it, it's probably true. Yeah, it, it's it, that's not an indictment on Baker. The other guys are really good. Yep, no question. 
No question. Um, and then, okay, so it, it's this matchup here. It, Gruden is 4-0 lifetime against the Browns. I saw that in the little NFL capsules they send out. I thought that was interesting. Um, so, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs got dinged up on his knee. I mean, he's an impressive guy. They like to run it. They they have a. I mean, they're good offensively, but and they throw it a lot. But they use him a ton too, right? In the pass game as well. Yeah. Um. So that's a, a recipe to that our defense struggles with certainly. Um. So it'll be a, an interesting matchup. Uh, you know, I like they got so they got Henry Ruggs healthy on the outside. Oh, he can Darren fly. Darren Waller at, at the 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 basketball player tight end. He's a good one. You know they have the ability to win in the seam on the inside. They have the ability to stretch the field over the top. I I I actually just contemplated for the first time that that Andrew Sandejo is going to have over the top coverage help to try and guard Henry Ruggs in his four point two whatever speed. Luck. That's yeah. uh Good yeah, luck. I'm going to need a beer here soon. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Seriously. Not, that's not a favorable matchup. It's not. Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, that's not good. Um, and then, yeah, Waller, uh, he, he's uh, uh, turned into a hell of a player. Um, and uh, a cool story with him. You know, he's overcame a lot, addiction issues and whatnot, to turn yes. around his life. Great, and, great. yeah. Great story. The other thing I'll, I'll say I'll, real quick on him. I remember when he was at the Shrine game, um, which isn't going to get played this year, which is a, a big-time bummer for me because I, I love going down there and seeing that. He, when he was at the Shrine game, he was like he, he hyped um, because of his size and everything. And I remember going out and watching him at the first practice, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is raw as hell. Yeah. And the fact that he's progressed as far as he has – that, that give the Raiders coaching staff some credit, but also give give that young man a lot of credit. He has overcome a lot and really made himself into a very impressive NFL player. Uh, it's hard not to root for guys like that, even when they wear colors that you don't necessarily like to root for. I agree. I agree. Good story there. I like that story definitely a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, but this should be a fun one. Either way, it should be a fun game. It's a game I think the Browns can win certainly. Um, We'll see what Joe. I think it's interesting that they haven't let Joe Woods talk yet this week. Isn't that weird? Uh, he hasn't been to the press availability yet. Usually he talks by now, and uh, they might be hiding him back there somewhere. Maybe, maybe he he to to he he does have a lot to, on his plate. Let's hope that that's why. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and don't, they don't want him to have to answer ridiculous questions. But uh, yeah, I mean. So we'll see what they have to do. I mean, they got to really game plan, scheme this up, find a way to slow down the Raiders, and uh, maybe cause a couple punts, and that might be enough to get a win, right? So let's hope if, so. Let's let's hope that the so. efficient, fun Baker we saw last week rears his head um, against Las Vegas because that's a, that's this is a winnable game, and if they win this game. They are six and two going into the bye, and the Raiders, who are one of the two teams that's chasing them, will be three and four. Exactly. They, I mean, they really would create some separation, uh, some real separation between them and the next group of teams fighting for two spots. Because uh, the way I look at it, right, you got your four division winners, and you got the Steelers in the in the. Uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they're not yeah. going anywhere. They're they're both going to be in that mix. But I'll say this: if the Browns stay right there. Let's say Pittsburgh wins. 
So who do you root for when 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 Pittsburgh and, and uh, well, and that's what I was asking too. I, I kind of asked that to myself at the top of the show here. I was like, do you root for a tie? But no, because then people say ties actually help you. Right. So I, you I think want... you almost want Pittsburgh to to get that second loss onto Baltimore. Interesting. You know, I I don't know that. I hate playing that game because it always backfires. Because you, because you kind of want, yeah. Because you kind of want, like, oh uh, well, you know, if we come out of this with two losses and you get a shot at each team again, right? And if, and if you really peaked and and you know you catch them on the right night, you never know what can happen. I mean, they're these teams are all beatable. I think on any given night, you get you know the right circumstances take place. So. You know, do you want Baltimore to win to make it to even it up? You know, right? Yeah, uh, going that, that, into the second half, it's a tough question. It really is. It is because there's really no point. I mean, you don't get anything for coming in second place in the division, and I don't think there's any question that the Ravens are going to be in that playoff mix. Yeah, they're a, they're a playoff team. I think we're so, pretty safe in saying. Yeah, so that's the five I count in. There's two spots left, and the Browns are one of the teams competing for those two. Right now, the the team, they would be that team, right? So, um, I think. Yeah, they, they're number six right now. Yeah, yeah. they are. They, they'd be six. So, uh, big game this weekend. Uh, cool, cool place to be for the Browns. Great spot for Browns fans. First time in a long time to look at that this way. Win would really put them in a sweet spot. So, Big game, and then the bye week, and a lot of fun here looking at the trade deadline, too. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Mr. Barry handles this first time around. He's got a lot of pressure, a lot on his plate here for uh, first-year GM, youngest GM in the league, certainly. Aggressive pursuit of talent. Let's hope yep. that he continues that, that philosophy. He's never yep. let us down on that yet. He has been a man of his word, to his he, credit. He has. I expect... Uh, Looking in, off in the distance here, and I'll let you go here, Jeff, uh, but uh, you would expect a aggressive pursuit of defensive talent this offseason, correct? Yes. I hope that the draft is very defensive <laughs> uh, and free agency as well. Yeah. Uh, and they do have money to spend. They can't spend all of what they've got. They got to pay Miles. They got to pay. They got to pay Kareem. They got. They got. They got some dues with their hands out soon. Do you um, pay Chubb? Big oh, question man. mark. We'll, we'll we'll jump off that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> that's a big one right there. Yeah, I mean, that's, I that's think he's one. been. I mean, he's been missed. Certainly, he's been missed. So yes, yes, he has. Uh, I don't know. So. I, I, I'm saving that one for the off season. They put that yep. one in the the back burner. It's a tough one. And the other one, the other one, the one that I thought might have come up by now, and that I breached on the show is the whole Ogan Joby thing. And we talked about that, I think, right? Like we did, we did. And, and, uh, it, he has not played to the level of what we expected him to. And that, that makes that a little bit more of a cloudy situation now, doesn't it? It does. It does. A, you know, uh, how you handle that here in season wise, I think impacts that. I think if you let him go see the open market, I don't think he's coming back either way. So I agree we'll that. see. Yeah. Jeff Risden, uh, managing editor, USA Today Sports Media Groups, the Browns Wire, the Lions Wire, uh, draft and NFL writer at Real GM, co-host at ESPN 961, Grand Rapids, Michigan, fill-in uh, drive time host and host of uh, pregames uh, on Sundays, right? Uh, so You got it. There it is. I nailed it. I got that down now, so... 
we're, we're got it down. Too many hats, man. I think it's like one job. <laughs> no way, man. You're killing it. Left, right, left and right. I love it. Um, <clears throat> thank you so much. It keeps me fun. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, and you, Brad. Thanks for having I me enjoy, on. I uh, enjoy you always having you on the show. Yeah, it's always good. So thank you so much for your time, and uh, uh, have a good one, Jeff. Thanks, man. is in the building Great job by Jeff Risden, as always. Well done. He's the best, honestly. Mikey, did you play the wrong song coming out of that? I think you did. Oh, man! God damn it, Mikey. Good interview, Jeff Risden, as always. Spectacular. Uh, We're going to come back here. We're going to talk a lot uh, of names I have here written down at wide receiver trade deadline. And uh, also on the defensive side of the ball, more so in the secondary. You know, I should have looked more at the pass rush situation, and and we breached that with Jeff a little bit. But tough decisions here. Andrew Barry got to make... A decision here, you, you know, it times up perfectly the way that this, the the trade deadline and the bye week hit, that you have a way to bring in a guy and uh, assimilate them into what you're trying to do. And can, uh, I mean, are there caliber players out there that can make a difference on your defense? I think there are a few. And I think you got to take an honest look at that because... As we were talking about, the playoffs are real right now for the Browns. It's a real thing. And do you want to try to take advantage of that this year? Or is it just good enough to be there? Because it took, next year is not promised in the NFL. That's not how this works, right? Next year is not promised to be in the same situation. So do you try to cash in now to try to make a move? Try to make yourself a contender. How legit is that? These are hard questions that Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, and the Browns front office have to ask. Certainly. Going forward, tough, tough decisions. Let's do uh, let's do some trade deadline targets here and then we'll get you out of here good show tonight jeff risden mikey on the ones and twos i'm brad ward this is all eyes on cleveland go all to all eyes on cleveland.com and leave us a review check out all of our episodes um there uh so friday night i'm gonna be on uh radio um oh man hang on I totally, totally lost it here. 
Uh, here it is. So Friday night, I am going on uh, RNR 920 AM in Las Vegas uh, and the Silver and Black Today radio show with Scott Goldbrinson um, as he uh, is going to uh, have me on to talk uh, about the Browns and the Raiders. So I'll be on there, and then uh, you can watch on Sunday morning. I'll be on YouTube with um, the uh, Full Monty show uh, on YouTube. It might be my third appearance on there. That's a fun show. Monty's fantastic. He cracks me up, but uh, always trying to challenge me on stuff uh, about the Browns. Got to get on him because he was calling out Baker Mayfield last week like everybody else and their cousin was. But I'll be on there on Sunday morning uh, before the games, 11, 11 p.m. East Eastern. Uh, I'll be live on there if you want to kick in and, and watch the show. I uh, appreciate the support, as always. Um, tomorrow, I don't know if we'll have a show or not. I'm efforting a couple guests. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Maybe I'll pop on and do it. Now, we're doing our video thing here at All Eyes on Cleveland, and I got a, so I've got the camera, and we've got, you know, everything pretty much set up here for to make this transition to video, which I think everybody will like, and it will should bring in a whole new crowd and everything, right? And, uh, and I, you know, I, I love you guys for listening, and thank you so much for your support, everybody that does listen to the show, but... It's doing better. We just, you know, in October, uh, we have easily cleared our numbers from last month. So every month we've done better than the month before. So I appreciate every everybody out there that listens. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I got the camera. I've got the tripod. We've got it all. It's ready to go. And they sent the cord that we need, right, to, to take the angle that we want and uh, – it's not long enough, so I, we order a longer cord, and, and that cord doesn't work. <laughs> so so uh, we, we will effort again tonight. I will be searching for the correct cord now. I think we have it figured out. Uh, so, yes, it's uh, becoming uh, it's quite the endeavor here. I'll just say that. Uh, is it, is it, before the pandemic, I took this room, which was my office, and we filled it with uh, sound pads, and I'll get back to the Browns here in a second, so sound pads to make my home studio, uh, got a new desk, new laptop, uh, everything, uh, you know, new uh, microphone, everything going on in here, even my wife came in and kind of decorated a little, she put it like a little accent chair in the corner, a couple little tables, and uh got a tv in here with uh as well uh and it's a nice beautiful little home studio that i've set up and now we're going to go live with that uh on our show video wise and we've got all of that just about figured out which you know takes all the you know the digital the overlays and everything that you want to put in and all that stuff and uh, it'll be YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope will be where it's at uh, uh, for 
doing live shows and then of course you can watch it anytime after that which is the perfect part about it so um but yeah so we're just getting the last steps with the camera there i i hope that in the next week or two we'll be up and going with that maybe a bye week it'll uh, it'll happen be just like the browns uh, making changes on the bye week speaking of uh the trade uh, deadline and the bye week as the trade deadline approaches um be tuesday of the browns bye week so it would fit perfectly actually here are the list of wide receivers that i was able to come up with going through multiple pieces of news here and there anybody that was named or listed as a potential guy available at wide receiver here's what we got uh Jeff mentioned him. Will Fuller, the Texans, 26 years old. D.D. Westbrook, 26 years old, Jacksonville. Marvin Jones Jr., A.J. Green, Cincinnati. Brandon Cooks, uh, 27 years old, uh, Texans. Golden Tate, he mentioned, uh, Giants. Michael Gallup uh, is rumored to be a potential trade piece out of Dallas, as they have a ton of wide receivers there. Uh, wouldn't he be special to get Michael Gallup? Wow. John Ross, 24 years old, Cincinnati. I don't think the Bengals do a trade with us anyways, but he's the kind of guy with his speed that I think, if used properly, could give you that deep threat. Kenny Stills, Texans, Keelan Cole, uh, Jacksonville, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Julio Jones... Um, that's the wide receivers list. Julio Jones, I think it, that's going to be too pricey probably. And Alshon Jeffrey is just too injured and old in my book. Uh, so the trade news so far, we went through that earlier. Additional trade targets per ESPN. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are available at the deadline. Uh, safety Justin Simmons, Denver on a franchise tag. Um, one, uh, one, a high round pick would probably get it done in compensation. Um, and then you have to potentially also look to maybe pay his long term deal. Bradley McDougald, a safety for the Jets, is very talented. Um, and uh, on the final year of his deal, sounds like a trade coming potentially for him. Uh, the Jets wide receiver Jameson Crowder. That's another wide receiver you can add to the mix. The Panthers released cornerback Eli Apple. It's worth kicking the tires on. Safeties in Minnesota, Anthony Harris we talked about with Jeff. Love his game. He's on a franchise tag. Also, Harrison Smith available potentially for Minnesota, rumored to be. And then in just the most recent article I read, uh, Bleacher Report, Marcus May, free safety for the Jets, uh, is one of their bright spots this year. As we talked about, the entire Jets roster being available. Uh, he is on the final year of his deal uh, and would be, a, as the Bleacher Report states in the article, would be an immediate and large upgrade over Sendejo. Marcus May, M-A-Y-E, uh, free safety, the Jets. So there's your trade deadline targets update um lots of decisions coming up huge game in las vegas make sure you uh stay up uh with the shows check out the website uh everything we're doing there 
uh, and go to the brownswire.com uh, where uh, Jeff Risden runs things and I write as well. Uh, all eyes on cleveland.com too. Uh, so lots to come here as we approach the bye week. Will the Browns make a move? Will they not? Should they? Shouldn't they? We'll love to hear your input on all of that going forward. You can always leave a voicemail at the website too, which I will play on the air uh, if you've got a hot take on that situation. Uh, we'll have a lot going on on the bye week. We'll do some shows, maybe even have some video shows, ask me anything shows, all that good stuff. Working hard for you as much as we can out there Browns fans at all eyes on Cleveland hope you enjoyed Jeff Risden tonight and our quick look at the trade uh, deadline Uh, Mikey as usual killing things on the ones and twos big week chance to go to six and two really really cement a real shot at this playoffs they're right in the thick of things. The playoffs are real, people. It's really time to start getting excited. Baker Mayfield looked fantastic. Let's stack another game on top of that. Get this win. Would be gigantic going to the bye week. 6-2 and two looks a lot better than 5-3 and three for sure. Uh, hope you enjoyed everything that uh, Mikey, myself, and uh, guest Jeff Riston did tonight. Um, all eyes on Cleveland.com. If you love us, if you hate us, leave a review. Doesn't matter. We'll be happy either way. For Mikey on the ones and twos, my name is Brad Ward. We are out. Ha <laughs> ha